Welcome to the Greener Way podcast, a show about people, planet, and purpose, and how investors and corporate leaders push forward in a complex world. Christy Graham of the Australian Sustainable Finance Institute, thank you so much for joining. We're really excited to say that FS Sustainability is a proud media partner to your forthcoming summit, which is coming up at the end of the month. Can you please just take an opportunity to introduce yourself and ask you to our listeners? Thanks, Rachel. And it's great to be here. Thanks for having us on. So my name's Christy Graham. I'm the Executive Officer of the Australian Sustainable Finance Institute. And for those who aren't familiar with ASFI, as as it's more commonly known, ASFI really brings together Australian financial institutions and financial services companies who are all committed to aligning the financial system with a more sustainable, resilient and inclusive Australia. We were formed in the middle of last year off the back of the development of the Australian Sustainable Finance Roadmap. And that roadmap development process really brought together 140 representatives from right across the finance sector, government, civil society and academia. So that huge collaborative effort resulted in this roadmap, which had 37 recommendations that were all needed to transform finance so that more capital is invested into companies and assets that'll deliver a sustainable, resilient and inclusive Australia. Mm. ASFI was formed to really drive forward implementation of the roadmap and coordinate all of the many activities and and many developments that were happening in sustainable finance across Australia. So our members span some of the big super funds, big investment managers, insurers, financial services firms, as well as all the banks and all of all of those organisations who are most committed to the vision of a sustainable financial system for Australia. Fantastic. And now without getting into each of those 37 recommendations, Christy, um, what are the broad compass points um, and, and how will these recommendations help to transform Australia's economy into a more inclusive and sustainable future? So the recommendations are broad in terms of their scope. So they cover climate, environment, social impact. They're also fairly broad in terms of who they're targeted at. So there are some recommendations focused on what financial institutions can do. There are some focused on government and regulators, others focused on industry organisations, others at the university um, and the sort of education sector. And there are other recommendations that really require collaboration from all of those different actors to make happen. So th- there's there's a set of recommendations around policy and regulation. Um, there's another set of recommendations that look at tools and frameworks that are needed to enable the implementation of that um, policy and regulation. There's also a range of recommendations focused on leadership. So we know that shifts of this scale and magnitude need leadership both within financial institutions, from government, um, as well as leadership that spans across the whole sector. And collaboration is a really strong theme of all of those roadmap recommendations. In terms of what that's going to shift and what that will change, so the ultimate objective is a financial system that can create a sustainable, resilient and inclusive Australia and allow finance to be allocated to those activities and assets that will help Australia to achieve the international commitments that we've signed up to, so things like the Paris Agreement, the Sustainable Development Goals, um, the Conventional Biological Diversity. Why was it decided that there needed, I mean, Alex, it seems like a simple question, but why is it necessary to have that really broad-based collaborative approach and then these really really wide-ranging recommendations that sort of touch on every port of the financial system? So what we're talking about is, is shifting the whole system and you can't do that individually as an organization or as sort of government 
Um, and you also can't do that by just focusing on one small issue. So we know that sustainability issues, climate is clearly sort of front and centre of many people's minds, but there are also strong linkages and intersections with things like natural capital and biodiversity, the, you know, the social aspects as well. They're, they're, a, they're all interlinked and intertwined. So I think the the broad-ranging nature of the roadmap recognises that connection and those intersections. And the the role of collaboration is increasingly being recognised, the scale and scope of these challenges and the fact that, um, you know, as a society and as a financial system, we've never undergone this pace of change before. We will need to work work with others to, to make that work for everyone. Um, so that's something that all of our members are, are very supportive of and see the ability to work with others who are aligned in terms of wanting to support the financial system achieve these objectives as something that's very exciting. I want to focus in on one particular aspect of, of the Institute's work, um, which is this taxonomy. Now, listeners, stick with. I know when we sometimes say the word taxonomy, it immediately seems like a conversation halter, but this is really important. What is the work going on with the taxonomy and how will a taxonomy help support um, this goal of, of transformation, alignment and unlocking more capital? So many countries are using taxonomies as part of their sustainable finance policy and regulation, and particularly the Council of Financial Regulators were concerned that Australia would become a rule taker if we didn't do the thinking around what a taxonomy should look like in the Australian context. And so it was off the back of discussions with um, the RBA and other uh, regulators towards the end of last year, as well as discussions right across the finance sector that identified a taxonomy as being a really critical underpinning um, to allow more capital to be allocated to both sustainable and transition activities in Australia and um, to ensure that Australia didn't become a rule taker of taxonomies developed in jurisdictions that had very different shaped economies and potentially a very different starting point to achieve net zero 2050. So we kicked off our work at the end of last year. We're implementing this taxonomy project in a phased approach. So we're in the initial phase at the moment where we're doing scoping and design of a taxonomy framework for Australia. Um, and then further phases will establish the institutional governance and develop the technical screening criteria, sort of the nuts and bolts of the taxonomy. And then ultimately, we'll look at piloting and industry take up. So in this phase, we've really focused on um, establishing a broad governance structure. We've got experts from right across financial services sector, so consulting, banking, superannuation, asset management, private equity. We've got ESG uh, subject matter experts. We've got academics as well as international taxonomy experts all providing input into this work. We've also working closely with Treasury um, and the financial regulators, so APRA, ASIC and the RBA. Um, and have got a technical advisory group and a steering committee that um, the regulators are all represented on in addition to financial sector representatives. Uh, and the other thing that we've really focused on in this first phase is building international partnerships to inform the work that we're doing. So the starting point of our work has very much been looking at what other jurisdictions have done. We definitely don't want to reinvent the wheel. So um, looking at how much of, of other taxonomies we can adopt based on the work that's already happened and that paper will be released in the next week or so 
um, that identifies how other countries are approaching taxonomies, what they're using for the governance mm. and institutional structures they're using, um, and generally what framework they've decided will work best for the objectives that their taxonomies are trying to achieve. Without asking you to give us a, a full preview of the report, I think one of the things that really interests me about um, the process of developing systems like taxonomies and definitions is that sort of globally, um, markets tend to fall in either one of two buckets. It's either, you know, these definitions are created by legislation, like the Sustainable Finance Disclosure Regulation in Europe. That's the, for listeners, that sometimes you'll see on reports that, you know, this is an Article 6, an Article 8, or an Article 9 fund, or the approach of the United States through the Securities and Exchange Commission, where the regulator is taking charge of setting definitions versus what Australia is doing, what Canada is doing, and I think a couple of other countries are doing, where it's more of an industry-led approach to create these definitions. Why is this industry-led initiative where the regulators are observers? Why is this more fit for purpose for Australia, do you think, Christy? So I think what we're seeing internationally is actually probably more of a spectrum where government mm. is in more or less of a leadership role, but there's always really strong input and expertise of the financial services sector involved in those processes. So the UK, for example, um, there's a... a, a industry advisory group that is providing input to Treasury, which is running the process. Similarly, in the EU, um, the, the platform has provided uh, expert financial services sort of input into that process. And even in, in places like Australia and Canada, there's working very closely with uh, regulators and government. And the the reason that in the Australian context it's um, been an industry-led initiative is because there was a strong sense that the work needed to get going and needed to happen. Um, and, you know, until very recently, government wasn't necessarily in the position to lead or drive that work. So um, industry has very much stepped in, as, as you've identified, to a place that is um, or an area that's often led by government, but we're doing that in a way that is very much in lockstep and sort of done very collaboratively with government and regulators. That may change over time. So what what this work and sort of the next paper that will come out as part of our taxonomy work will focus on is what would be the best governance and institutional arrangements in the long term, both for developing the technical screening criteria and then ultimately implementing the taxonomy. And what we're looking at is a taxonomy that also provides more nuance and credibility around definitions of transition activities. And if we're going to do that, that will mean that the taxonomy will need to evolve and change over time as, as pathways and technologies and um, sort of the economy shifts as we move towards 2050. So that institutional governance um, arrangements will be really critical for ensuring there's ongoing credibility and scientific rigour in the way that the taxonomy mm. continues to be updated and implemented. I think you're rapidly coming to a bit of an inflection point once these uh, once the taxonomy has been established. Um, I mean, ASIC's uh, executive leader on corporations, Claire Labouchadier, is pretty clear that ASIC's view is that um, if there's going to be standard definitions, it should be handled through legislation. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this all rolls out over the next couple of years, isn't it? That's right. And and as I, as I mentioned, we're working very closely with government. And so there mm -hmm. is absolutely the opportunity for them to, to lean in and take more of a leadership role if that's something that they want to do. Um, there's mm -hmm. Ultimately, we want the taxonomy to be adopted very broadly right across the finance sector. 
I can't see a future where it will be regulated in, in quite the same way as the EU taxonomy, for example. That's just not the way financial sector regulation works in Australia. Um, but there, there's a range of possibilities as to ultimately how it will both be developed and then implemented over the longer term. While recognising that the roadmap and the work that ASFI is undertaking is, is a multi-year process, um, how are you travelling after a little more than a year? Yeah, so as, as you mentioned, 12 months since we were established, we've well and truly started work on a few of those priority projects that the finance mm-hmm. sector identified as having really game-changing impacts on the growth and credibility of sustainable finance in Australia. So the taxonomy is one of those. We've also worked um, with other industry organisations and with government on natural capital and the Task Force on Nature-Related Financial Disclosures, and particularly trying to build Australian financial institutions' understanding of what natural capital and the TNFD might mean for the finance sector. We've also Mm -hmm. kicked off work around leadership and supporting financial institutions to move from that commitment phase to now implementation. So as, as you will have seen, there's a huge growth in both corporate as well as financial institution commitment to net zero. But the movement Mm -hmm. from making that commitment to now implementing that commitment requires a huge organisational change. So we're working with our members and others um, to support that and really accelerate that implementation. And we've, I would say, been really successful in building stronger linkages between federal government and the finance sector. And one of the reasons that ASFI was established was very much to play this bridge role between um, the most progressive financial institutions who were committed to a sustainable, resilient and inclusive future and the role the finance sector could play in that, and government and policymakers who um, have similar objectives but, uh, you know, and are very supportive of the role of private capital in achieving those policy objectives. But that wasn't a connection that was necessarily strong or well facilitated. So we've we've done a lot of work in that area as well. Excellent. I think um, the Progress Tracker Report, which will be launched at the summit, will give a, a snapshot of the state of sustainable finance in Australia and really assess what progress has been made against those roadmap recommendations. But I think um, some early indications in terms of what we're seeing over the last 12 to 18 months is that momentum has significantly grown right around sustainable finance from a range of actors, so financial institutions and government in particular, but universities and and others are also really um, leaning into this agenda in a a much more, um, in a much stronger way than they had previously. We're seeing climate becoming much more of a core business function for financial institutions and climate considerations are being more mainstreamed including at the board level across risk functions rather than being siloed in a sustainability team or a a corporate reporting team. We're seeing a big increase in the number of countries and financial institutions with net zero commitments um, and they're all now doing very meaningful work to make sure they've got credible plans uh, to meet those commitments as well. So that's, I think, been a big shift in the last 12 months as well. We're seeing shifts in disclosures. So both globally and in Australia, climate-related disclosures are increasing and there's also a shift towards more comprehensive sustainability reporting. So climate has really been the pointy end, if you like, but that's now expanding into other aspects of sustainability reporting. We, as as ASFI, have had really strong support and engagement from right across the finance sector, from government, civil society, 
for the work that's underway on the taxonomy, there's been a lot of um, a lot of interest in in being involved and engaged. And you know, as I mentioned earlier, the reason that we started that project was there was um, both from industry as well as government and regulators seen to be a huge value in a taxonomy that is fit for purpose in the Australian context to support the allocation of capital in line with with climate objectives. Wonderful. I think it's also um, exciting now that there's clearly a really different political environment than when the roadmap was produced or when we were established and governments made really strong early steps, things like legislating climate targets, being serious about undertaking environmental reform and committing to important things like climate-related disclosure rules and the creation of a new biodiversity market. So there's a real sense that the finance sector as well as government are now pushing in the same direction, which is excellent to see. But I would say that we're still at early stages of the journey. Um, There's still a lot of work to do. And from a policy and regulatory perspective, Australia is still well behind many of our international peers. So in introducing things like mandatory reporting, taxonomies, um, there's a range of of things that government has recognised they need to play catch up on and, and we do need to see sort of um, action in those areas relatively quickly to avoid some of the downside risks like capital increases, um, inefficient capital allocation decisions and, and essentially missing the opportunity to make the most out of the transition. Well, Christy, I think we'll leave it on that note, except to say um, all of these topics and more will be discussed at the forthcoming ASFI Summit. Uh, Christy, do you want to plug how our listeners can access the ASFI Summit and tell us when and where it's going to be? Absolutely. So the summit will be the 28th of October in Sydney. Um, Tickets are available through our website, um, the ASFI website. And it's really an opportunity to bring together leaders from across public, private, not-for-profit sectors, um, building on that theme, which is sort of an underpinning of all of ASFI's work of collaboration and cross-sectoral collaboration in particular. We'll have sessions on sustainable finance policy and regulation, financial sector leadership, natural capital, and we've got a range of high-profile Australian and international speakers. So we've just announced Dr. Darian McBain, who's the Chief Sustainability Officer of the Singaporean Um, monetary authority so she will be one of our keynote speakers and so wanting to draw on experience of international jurisdictions who are a bit further ahead of Australia perhaps but have um, got similar approaches and um, facing similar challenges in terms of transition so looking to bring that experience to the conversations in the summit. Fantastic well Christy I look forward to seeing you there. Christy Graham, ASFI thank you so much for joining us. Thanks very much Rachel. Thanks for listening to the Greener Way podcast. If you liked today's show, remember to rate and review us on your podcast platform and make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Any feedback? Contact us on podcast at fssustainability.com.au. I'm Rachel Allen Backus. The Greener Way podcast is a product of FS Sustainability, a show about people, the planet, and investing in our collective future. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. The Greener Way podcast gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by discussing numerous financial sustainable options and our featured guests. It is not intended as a substitute for professional, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of The Greener Way are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. FS Sustainability operates under an Australian Financial Service License. 
and the exemption made available under the Corporations Act 2001 in respect to any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the FS Sustainability website, fssustainability.com.au.